This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. So, has a midweek of League Cup football modded the Premier League waters for betters and handicappers alike? City losing for the first time this season, Chelsea netting for the first time after seven scoreless halves of football and Luton losing again. Well, some things don't change. This is Betting Weekly Premier League show. You're with myself, Dan Robert, while Nigel Seeley and Jack Ryan are with me to highlight the best bets across week seven of the EPL. Nigel, some big stories in midweek. Difficult for betters and indeed traders, market makers, maybe to extrapolate what's meaningful in these features. Because I think Newcastle beating Man City is a story. If you're a Newcastle better, you take heart from that performances from Chelsea as well in midweek. Does it mean anything to you when you're looking at a Premier League card? I'm just Googling extrapolate. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the, 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 uh, the thing is, no, it doesn't, Dan. No, it doesn't. I mean, you might you might think so, and you might turn around and say, some people might turn around and say, yes, I mean, Newcastle are going to have beaten Manchester City. The Premier League race is on, and Newcastle on the, uh, are going to win the title after what they did last week to Sheffield United. Come on, let's let's be honest with you. They beat a, a second and second and a half string uh, Manchester City side. Lots of changes, lots of the personnel differences. Lot, you know, Paris Manchester City game for the for the title and the, and the Champions League and you know the Carabao Cup will be low on their list of priorities. Whereas Newcastle got to the final of this competition last year and want to win it uh, and want to go better than last year. Uh, for some teams, I think they may look at it. That's a positive, and I'll come on to that a little bit later. But if you're looking at that win last night and thinking, okay, we've got to bet Newcastle for the Premier League, they're going to give Man City a, a run for their money. And I don't believe any bookmaker is going to be making any price changes on the back of a Carabao Cup win for any of the teams at the bottom or the top of the Premier League on the relegation or the future markets. And I don't think many pro- professionals will be looking at a rating system adjusting them too much. I think the win last week for Sheffield United over, uh, sorry, Newcastle over Sheffield United was more of a statement than the win against Manchester City. Interesting. There have been one or two market movements, just one or two tweaks, nothing major off the back of the midweek games. Chelsea Jack, one team that have just been clipped a little bit for their West London derby against Fulham. Have they turned a corner? A lot of their underlying metrics have been good. It's not been going right from in front of goal at all. And OK, it's a narrow win in midweek, but has the, the door just been pushed ajar for them to turn the corner, do you think? No, not really. For me, that's not really put out any kind of statement. I say if they'd have rolled over Brighton 5-0, then you could probably say, oh, well, they're now taking the chances and a variety of goal scorers maybe. But again, they kind of ground it out. Again, it was against a Brighton side that were very well rotated. So it wasn't their, their full strength. They've probably got other priorities as well this season. Um, and the XG last night was 1.21, so they still underperformed that. So they, they keep creating these chances. They're not really taking them. The goal scorer last night, of course, was Nicholas Jackson. We see him getting lots of positions and take, have lots of chances this season and not take them. So, yes, he took one, but only one. Um, and then he's now suspended for this next game at, uh, on Monday night. So that will have no impact on that one whatsoever. So for me, no, nothing much has changed there. It's much more of the same 
and um, happy to go along with that. Uh, you touched, Nigel, on that big win for Newcastle over Sheffield United. A little bit of Twitter chat off the back of that saying, look, you can back these these big correct scores. The variance is high. You're going to have to wait a little bit to pick up. But if you're consistent, if you make sure you place the bets every single week and you might get a bit disheartened because you could go weeks, months without picking up. But is there any sort of value you're thinking going sevens, eights and nines? We we tend to see them a little bit more often. Have I got that right, do you think, in the Premier League? Well, it's funny as you say that, Dan. I've done a little bit of research on this. I've uh, On one of my picks, which is going to come on to a little bit later on, um, there are tends to be a little bit more high-scoring matches as well. But I think the bookies now know what the odds should be on these matches. I mean, the computer generates it for them. But the surprising thing for me was that there was a lot of them in September. Uh, and then there was a few at the end of the season as well. Um, and with with the golf now... Can I, we feel another rhyme coming on here for Simpson? No, I, <laughs> well, I, I would say November, don't do it. Because remember, remember, the goals <laughs> go down in November. But what I would say is I say with the golf now, at the top of the Premier League and the bottom of the Premier League is, big, is bigger than ever. So you you could run into these these big score lines coming in, but I mean, are we going to be making money by betting seven, eight, nil, nine, nil every week? No. But one thing that I did surprise me though was that there was an awful lot of them in the month of September. So remember, remember the goals go up <laughs> in September. <laughs> Jack, anything in it for you? I mean, look, if I said to you, you can oppose Luton every single sorry Luton fans Luton every single week between now and the end of the season back 7, 8 and 9 nil combined odds of I don't know 50, 66 or something I'll have to work it out but if you could take that but I, I, I might fancy that no? Well, you got you get involved with that one. That's not right. a problem. I'll stick to the more traditional schools, hit them more regularly, and um, and and yeah, get some profit in that way. I think it's just let's say where do you stop? You, you're holding a seven nil. Well, they've gone and got eight, or you know they stopped at six, and a lot of hard luck stories I can sense there. But there's only one way to make profit on correct score betting, and that is to follow our Instagram account, where me and Nigel will give you the ten correct score predictions for the Premier League games each week when we hit four out of 10 last weekend, which was good effort. Uh, only sure way to make money. I say sure way. There's never a sure way, but the show is running at 9.6% return on investment. So let's hope that the boys can keep it up over the course of the campaign. Let's get into some picks for this week, shall we? We're going to start early stage size, 7.30 Eastern time, 12.30 local for Aston Villa against Brighton. Brighton just about the favourites here, Jack, plus 155 with Villa plus 165 off the back of... Uh, that disappointing result in midweek. Draw plus 285, over and under two and a half goals. Overs is minus 225, under is uh, plus 175. Now, your selection here is over two and a half goals, but we need to boost it up. So you found a way with some good numbers to make sure we get a, a decent price on this one. Same game, Parley, talk us through your, your play. Uh, exactly right, yeah. Over two and a half goals. Very prohibitive price. So we've added in, or I've added in, um, over four and a half cards in this one. It was a game that me and Steve talked about on the reaction show on Sunday, which I very much enjoyed being part of. Um, and he was talking about being an overs better, which he predominantly is. And uh, to back bright and brined at the start of the season. And uh, that's something that we can't really do now. You've already touched on it. Very, very short odds or long odds as far as the um, overs market for them are concerned. Villa, pretty much the same as well. Uh, and say so this one's a bit of a pick and really it could be anything, which uh, should say lead to plenty of goals. But uh, I said, can't be backing them at those prices. So we, we've, what did catch my eye while I was doing a bit of research into this at the start of the week was how many cards there were 
especially when these two sides have met over the last two or three seasons. It's absolutely incredible. Couldn't believe it. I was like, you know, this, this ain't a local derby. This isn't like two title um, rivals or anything like what normally is the case for lots of cards. It's just, just kind of mad. It's weird. And then also the date of this season, there's been lots of cards in both our fixtures this season. So I'd pinpointed it as a possible and then I need to keep my fingers crossed there was a good referee for it. And we've got one. We've got Andy Madley for this one who's got some strong stats as well. So I'll briefly go through the stats as to why I put this one forward. It pretty much is a bet on the cards line. And I've put the goals alongside it as well just to say give that, that boost to a, a backable price. Um, these two sides met last season and there was four yellow cards for each team. So eight cards in total. The reverse fixture saw nine yellow cards. And then going back since Villa been promoted into the Premier League, this fixture has produced nine yellow cards, six yellow cards, five yellow cards, four yellow cards and a red card, six yellow cards when Andy Madley was in charge, and four yellow cards and a red card. So over this line in each of those meetings this season, five of seven of Villa's domestic games have seen over the line, an average of 5.71. Their home games have produced seven and eight yellow cards in the Premier League and seven last night in the Carabao Cup as well. Um, as for Brighton, an average of 6.33 in the league for cards. Their two away games have produced 14 yellow cards and one red card. So in incredible stuff. And, and Andy Madley himself, four Premier League fixtures this season, he's refereed 26 yellow cards and one red card, which is the third highest total. And he's had at least one game less than most of the other referees at the top end there, averaging seven cards per game. So a huge average. He's also refereed both these two sides this season already. He refereed the opening game for Villa in that thrashing at Newcastle, 5-1, which would normally mean the intensity goes out of the game. Four yellow cards each in that game. And he also refereed the Brighton game at Wolves, where he showed 10 yellow cards and one red card. So bonkers lines, bonkers numbers. Um, so it's, it had to be a play on that basis. Both these sides are good in transition, both quick on the counter-attack. They play with high lines, front foot football, games are stretched. It all lends itself to cards, which explains why their games have had so many this season. And very briefly on the goals, just to touch on that, we all know they love them. Villa, 23 goals scored, 15 conceded in all competitions this season, average of 3.8 per game. Over two and a half has cashed in nine of their 10 games. Only that game last weekend against Chelsea is the only one that's gone under. Brighton, 20 goals scored, 12 conceded in all competitions, an average of four per game, over two and a half in seven of their eight games in all competitions. The only one that hasn't cashed, that was last night against, yeah, Chelsea. But more of them later. Indeedy. Um, big few weeks, Nigel, for Brighton, isn't it? Because they've got some big games coming up. Yeah, yeah, they got Marseille in midweek. Obviously, they lost their first Europa League game. So if they want to have aspirations to do well in that competition, that's, that's they've got to get something from that result. Then they got Liverpool. Then they have uh, Manchester City and Ajax. So uh, some big, big matches for them. Um, that that you know, I I, I I looked at the I looked at this match as well. Looked at the total goals in it, and I thought you know you had to bet the total goals. And when I looked at the lines, I mean, they're th it's it's a stable market at three and a half, and the Liverpool Tottenham game we're going to come on to later as well. That's three and a half as well, and it's like minus money. It, it could come in, it, it, but you'd never catch CB betting three and a half at <laughs> minus one ten, especially with November around the corner. <laughs> We like goals and cards in this one. Minus 117 if you're playing that same game, Paolo, that Jack has put up. Let's get to Everton Luton here, 10 a.m. Eastern. Uh, massive last seven days, really, uh, for Everton with big wins in the Premier League and the League Cup. I mean, 
look, we talked about the League Cup before, but it's just a manner, I think, of the wins that, that Everton have had. Suddenly, Nigel, there's a lot more positivity about Everton. They are short. They are minus 167 to beat Luton, plus 525. But this is a home banker. Well, I know you, you're anti-Luton, big time. And it, I am a bit, it, 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 it seems to be. I mean, the, the record is, is still on course to beat the... They beat Derby's lowest unwanted record of the lowest ever point score. I think the total points for the season now are around about 22 and a half. So they are... Told you to be a seller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're going to be very, very close. I mean, they haven't had a win yet, but they did get a draw last week against Wolves. But when you look at the breakdown that draw, you can realise where they're going to struggle. I mean... They got a penalty from outside, uh, you know, from any open opportunities. They couldn't find any opportunities to score. Didn't create anything really apart from the penalty. And then Wolves were down to 10 men and they couldn't get the win against them. Uh, and when you consider Wolves are going to be one of their relegation rivals, that was an opportunity missed. Or is it that they're not good enough? I think it's more the latter. Um, the, th- the big problem with Luton as well, not only this season, but last season, they don't score enough goals. I mean, they were one of the lowest scorers in the top half of the championship last season and they got promoted. Um, if you look at their goal scores, Carlton Morris got 20 goals last season. But apart from him, their third top goal score got three goals. So that's in the championship. So now you're going into the Premier League where you're up against some... You've got to put your chances away. And, you know, Carlton Morris, I mean, he's, he's a good player at the championship level, but he's not going to... I can't imagine the, uh, the Everton defenders having nightmares about Carlton Morris. He's a, you know, he's a big lad. He's, a, he's very one-dimensional. They put the ball up to him. He's strong. But uh, Everton should be able to, to to handle that all day. And that wears the underlying problem for Luton here. They've only scored three goals in five matches in the Premier League. Uh, just where are they going to score? And we talk about clubs that may have had a good competition in the, the Carabao Cup. And I sort of I dismissed it at the beginning and said, you know, I'm not going to really worry about Newcastle or Manchester City. But a big win for Everton, a 2-1 win at Villa is a big win for them. On the back of a 3-1 win at Brentford in the league, they they are that is a big couple of weeks for Everton Football Club. They've got new owners as well now. You know, we're not quite sure how that's gonna end up, but um they have new owners and that is what the fans wanted. So the atmosphere is gonna be electric here. It's always a tough place to go, as we know, Everton Goodison Park. I know it's a bit of a cliche, but this season it hasn't been that way. They played three matches and lost every single one one nil. They haven't scored a goal, but now they've got the big opportunity. They've got to win this match. I think they will win this match. I wouldn't bet them at the minus one sixty seven. But I wouldn't put anybody off putting that in a parlay. They are my t- last team's uh, last man standing team this week. So uh, going into this week, I've gone for Luton. So I do want them to win. But I think from a from a betting perspective, and how you're going to get the most for your money here on this match is to bet Everton minus one on the Asian handicap. Um, that means if Everton win the match by exactly one goal, it's a push. The only way we lose is if Everton draw or Luton do win, which I can't see neither of those things happening. And if they win by more than two goals, uh, we cash. And the other important factor for me here is Dominic Calvert-Lewin is scoring goals again. He's got back-to-back goals. He's had a terrible run of injuries. Two and a half years ago, this this kid was going to be the deputy to Harry Kane going into the European Championships and the World Cup. It's a World Cup year. He might want to force his way back into the the reckoning for the England uh, squad. We need a replacement of Harry Kane. You know, uh, Ivan Tony. He's going to miss a lot of the season as well. Could be rusty coming in for uh, for sorry, European Championship year, sorry, World Cup. Get ahead of myself there. But um, I think I think that um, Everton, confident mood, new owners, two back to back wins, two goals from Calvert Lewin, Luton struggling for goals. Uh, I think Everton will win. I also like Everton to win to nil. I like a couple of teams to win to nil this week. But I think Everton minus one at plus one hundred five with a push if they win by exactly one is a great bit. 
Yeah, bet of the week for me. Uh, I reckon Dominic Calvert-Lewin ran about plus 170 score at any time, incidentally. Uh, Nigel, going to stick with you for another 10 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, Kick-off West Ham versus Sheffield United here. West Ham minus 210, Sheffield United plus 575. The overs is minus 157. The unders plus 125. This is two and a half goals, the line here. But surely... Uh, what's in the odds compiler's minds here, Nigel, is sh- the fact that Sheffield United conceded eight uh, last week. And that, in yeah. my mind, there's an overreaction here. Oh, 100%. I mean, that is what's in the mind of the, of the betters as well. I mean, betters, uh, they have memories like goldfishes. I mean, they go through and they, they can only remember the things that happen very they don't They don't go back. People, I mean, you, you, we've got a 9.6% return of this, of this show so far in the Premier League, which is an excellent return, by the way. Brilliant return. Great majority of it is done by Jack uh, in the last few weeks. I mean, I, you know, last week, I, I he, didn't, he didn't have his best week, but he'd done some brilliant walk, and majority of that's from Jack. But I got tweets and messages saying we're useless and we're rubbish because of the, the tips on Sheffield United because betters are goldfish. They they forget them. They look at the most recent bet. You a lot have. of recency bias. Yes, 100%. And, and, and that is what's happened here. Uh, but everyone has looked at the Sheffield United performance, which was – diabolical against a Newcastle side who were great, but they gave up. They completely gave up. And three nil down inside what 25 minutes and the game was over. Um, and everyone thinks, well, that's it. Sheffield United are rubbish. They're going to get big four nil every week. And West uh, and uh, and West Ham are going to win this easy. That's not the case. I mean, we were speaking about this show last week, this time last week, saying that Sheffield United have been unlucky. Every one of their games mm. could have been under two and a half goals. Does that mean that everything that we said was rubbish? Well, the majority of things I say are rubbish, but I mean, <laughs> there is an argument to suggest, well, that's just crazy. If this, if if that match had ended 1-0 to Newcastle, this line would have been minus 125, not plus 125. The fact is, it being 8-0, everyone's plus 120. And you've got to remember, this line opened up at plus 130. So it was even bigger. The money's sort of coming slightly towards it, and it is ridiculous. So what I did is I went through the last 20 matches in the Premier League, the biggest deficits, the biggest wins in the Premier League. Uh, Man United beat Ipswich 9-0 and the following week, uh, Ipswich lost 2-0. There's been 16 of the 20 matches where unders have cashed the following week. Right, that, it's that great American football. An article pilot said to me years ago, if a team has a complete wipeout in the American football, wins a team 50-0 or 60-0 or something, the following week you get with the other team on the spread because they work so hard on their defense and they, 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 that never happens, lightning never strikes twice. And when you look at these results, the amount of one nils the following week, four of them have won one nil. Um Tottenham beat New uh, Tottenham beat Wigan nine one the following week Wigan one one nil Man United beat Arsenal eight two the following week Arsenal one one nil Everton beat Sunderland seven one the following week Sunderland one one nil Blackburn beat Sheffield Wednesday seven two the following week Sheffield Wednesday one one nil it it doesn't happen it it and the other thing I like about this bet is I've been I've been very lucky and fortunate enough over the years to go to West Ham. Uh, a lot of friends who have season tickets. John Wright has given me two season tickets. Who was with us, a cricket guy who's going to be doing some stuff on the World Cup. He's given me his tickets to go to this match on uh, on Saturday. And I've been to West Ham at some when they when they've been playing big teams and they've re- raised their game and they've been exceptional and they've got results. When they play teams down the bottom and they're expected to win, West Ham find it very 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 hard to break teams down. When a team goes to play West Ham, a Man City or a Manchester United comes and plays or Arsenal. West Ham love to have a game of football with you and score. When teams sit back and defend, West Ham really find it difficult. The crowd gets on their back, they get frustrated, and that usually ends in a very low scoring or a very fortunate win or a fortunate loss. 
plus 25 here on the history, on what we know about Sheffield United this season. One bad match doesn't make this game going to be a 4-5 nil. I know West Ham have played two matches home this season, and both of them have been 3-1, 3-1 win and a 3-1 loss. But this is uh, Sheffield United have to put in performance of those travelling fans. They have to work on the defence, and they will. And uh, I think oh, under 125 is a big price. It is indeed. Uh, 1-0 Sheffield United winners, certainly plus 1,900. And West Ham were very much an unders team last season ahead of a game in Europe. Let's go Tottenham-Liverpool next. It's the game of the weekend in the English Premier League. It's a 12.30 Eastern kickoff time on Saturday, uh, tea time in the UK. Uh, Tottenham plus 200 uh, here, Jack. Liverpool plus 116. Draw plus 300. The goal line is under and over three and a half. Um, even money over three and a half. It's, an, it's another one of those lines where you think, well, there's probably going to be goals, but that's that seems fairly skinny. How are you tackling this one? Absolutely. Well, there's some cracking games this weekend, isn't there? And like for the neutrals to sit down and watch some, some well, ones that should produce a lot of goals. Uh, and this certainly fits that bill. Um, and, and as you rightly say, look to the game. Obviously, it looks like goals. Back in the day, and I say back in the day, by that I mean at the start of the season or even last season, we'd be going, oh, there's goals in this, over two and a half goals. And it might be a bit skinny. And then you'd go, oh, we'll add both teams to score in it. And, and you can kind of combine them together. The, the combination of that is minus 190 here, which is, again, obviously miles off where we'd need to be. So uh, I have gone and tweaked it a little bit. I've gone for Tottenham to score over one and a half goals in here, which comes in at a decent decent price. And, and I feel this game is going to be a very similar one to the one we saw last week in that North London derby, Tottenham versus Arsenal, or Arsenal versus Tottenham as it was. Um, I, I used the words when we briefly covered it last weekend that they're two hocks too high octane. I said it a lot better last week. Too hot octane front foot sides. And we're getting exactly the same thing here. Tottenham and Liverpool, we've seen it from the start of the season. That's exactly how they play. Obviously, we've known Liverpool under Klopp over many years now. That's just what he does. And obviously, Ange Postacoglu's come in and he's impressed everyone. He's won over the neutrals. He's won over the Tottenham fans, certainly. They're seeing football like they wanted it played and they're getting the results. And I must I'd imagine that the Tottenham fans would have seen there last week going, this is great. We're seeing great football. Postacoglu, front foot, goals. We're getting getting good wins as well. Oh, now we've got Arsenal. And they must have gone there with a little bit of fear, a little bit of trepidation that that, that was where the bubble was going to burst. But it definitely didn't. They impressed me last week. There was a lot that could have gone wrong for them there. Uh, they obviously went behind twice. There was contentious decisions going against them as well. Uh, and they, they bounced What back contentious decision? Going. What a handball. Oh, uh, well, there's contentious decisions. Oh, Harry Simi was, oh, oh, all... was back then. <laughs> oh, <Harry Simi> was... <laughs> all day long. Handball all day long. Sorry, go on, Jack. Go on. <laughs> it's always jumping in when it's the Arsenal, isn't it? Go on. Familiar grounds. But, uh, yeah, but, but they kept going and, and it obviously ended up as a 2-2. As a, as a so, great result for them there. The crowd are going to be super pumped for this one. This is an attractive game on paper. It's always one of those bigger games that, that kind of catches the eye. And so I think that they will certainly be looking forward to this. Liverpool will go with confidence. They've won five in, on the row. But we know that they do concede goals as well as score them as well. So the real thing that stood out to me when I say dug into the stats a little bit here is the fact that, yes, we know that Liverpool have only kept one clean sheet so far this season. Um, uh, and that one was at Anfield. You know, they've, they've travelled to Chelsea, who've struggled for goals and conceded. Wolves, need to say no more, and conceded. Even in Europe, where they went to, you have to correct me on the pronunciation here because I haven't had the uh, 
the the lead on this one. Last Glins, uh, plus nine hundred they were to, to 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 win. So it shows you the outsiders there, but they still took the lead. And of course Newcastle as well, which you could probably understand a little bit more. But they considered in all those games. Um, and, and what really has stood out to me, they conceded last night uh, as well against Leicester in, in the Cup. And the amount of early goals that go in, which generally will, is then going to mean that whichever way it goes, it just opens the games up. And that's why I think that these the games that we've seen with Liverpool, certainly, and with Tottenham, have just basically been so open because there's been an early goal and then there needs to be a reaction to it. The average time of the first goal for Liverpool games this season is 11 minutes. And that's, that's across all of them. The latest first goal we've seen in any Liverpool game so far this season is 25 minutes, and that was at Newcastle, which obviously then leaves a whole load of time for, for more action and for the game to go to and fro. And I think with these two sides, as I say, being front foot, having those opportunities, then I've gone here for Tottenham to score two or more. Sun is back uh, in the form that we saw him when he was a joint winner of the Golden Boot a couple of seasons ago. Five goals in his last three appearances. Obviously, they've moved him central in those three appearances and he's and he's scored five in them. So, it shows you that, that one's working for him. For Harry Kane, you can now read James Madison. They've even got that little goal celebration together. So, that link-up has been superb. And um, so, I, I just feel that, that Tottenham obviously going right, the right way under Poscoglu. He'll only play one way. You ain't going to change anything different. With this setup, the feel-good factor there, the crowd and the opposition all lends itself to being a complete goal fest in this one. And Postacoglu started superbly. He's the, only the fourth Premier League manager to see his side score two or more goals um, in his first six games. Following on some legends of the game, Carlo Ancelotti, Pep Guardiola and Craig Shakespeare. Go on, Craig. Um, Nigel, just very briefly on this one. Jack likes over one and a half Tottenham goals. Uh, minus 107. What are your thoughts on this one? I always think that because City have not had one misstep in the Premier League this season, it's as almost like Liverpool in particular. It's like City ain't dropping points. We've got to keep our foot to the floor here and to a certain extent Spurs as well. Yeah, I mean, for all the every, every argument Jack has said, you can't, you know, he's got all the stats to, would I bet that, that a team to score two goals in Liverpool at minus money? Probably not. I mean, I wouldn't, but you know, you, you, the stats back it up completely. I just think that uh, it just has to come to an end, doesn't it? <laughs> you can't just keep scoring two goals, two goals, two goals, two goals. You'd have to have a cagey match. Um, usually, it tends to happen before European, but these two sides aren't in European action. Well, Liverpool are, but the Europa League at home is still going to be important. I mean, I would rather play a big correct score myself personally. Nine nil, the... eight. No, no. <laughs> well, two two. Last week, two two. We landed on the two two with the uh, Tottenham and Jack will cash as well. But I'd rather take something like fourteen to one about a two-two draw. Uh, it's been two-two-two draws for for um, for Tottenham this season in six Premier League games. You know, Liverpool scored at least two goals in all but one match. Tottenham scored two goals in every one of their matches this season in the Premier League. So I'd probably go for a two-two draw as a correct score rather than play. I just can't bring myself to play him. And I know I'm probably wrong to do it, and I probably catch, catch myself money. But I'm just old school, and it's set in my ways that I can't do it. I cannot bet under three and over three and a half games in a Premier League game at minus one ten. Which is not this is not Barcelona. This is not the you know this is at the peak Barcelona or Paris Saint Germain. This is in my opinion still in the most competitive league in the world. I think teams are more than capable of doing it, and I just think that what we're seeing can't sustain itself. So I would be more inclined to go opposite, and I'm not saying Jack's. Jack's argument is absolutely right. And like I say, he's got the money. But my form of betting would be, I couldn't, I wouldn't be able to look myself in the mirror 
and back over three and a half goals in a football match at minus 110. Nottingham Forest Brentford uh, for Nigel to tackle for us here. This is a Sunday fixture for you, 9am Eastern. Almost a pick'em contest. I'm a, I'm a little bit conflicted with Brentford here, uh, Nigel, because... I thought they were good against Arsenal second half and they played pretty much their Premier League team. They only made two changes from the defeat against Everton, but they still got beat. So, you know, you can spin it both ways, I guess. They probably should have taken it to penalties against Arsenal. What are your thoughts? What's the play on this one? I think these, I think it's a big match for both of these sides, actually. Yeah, massive. massive huge part. I think Nottingham Forest, obviously, are that side that could be dragged into a bottom six battle or relegation battle, or they could push into the top half of the draw. And we don't really know. I mean, they won for me brilliantly against Sheffield United with that last gasp winner, which was which was fantastic for both myself and Jack. And then they let me down against Burnley, but they didn't even put in a performance. They were really, really poor. They were quite fortunate to get a draw, really, in that match. But I keep going on about their home record. Their home record is very, very, very good. Like, they've only lost five matches uh, in the last two years at home. Tottenham, Man United, Newcastle, teams you would expect them to lose. And then Bournemouth and Fulham, teams you probably wouldn't expect them to lose in that. But with the draw, no bet market, You've only lost five times on a. You you lost money five times in twenty one matches uh, in Nottingham Forest since they returned to the Premier League at home. They're very very hard to beat. With a time, in contrast to Brentford, I think they're a club now that are just sort of like, where do we go? What what what? Where are we? Where are we at? Are we a side that can push up to the, be a comfortable top ten side, a comfortable top six side, or are we peaked and are we going the other way? And judging by three defeats. On the trot, when they played relatively well, you know, they played well except against Arsenal, they played well against Newcastle, 1-0. They're clearly going to miss Tony at some stage. At the beginning, they didn't. It was just the start of the season. The Bowman was scoring goals and everything like that. But I, I think they're going, to, it's, they're going to miss him at some stage. Are they a side that we may have overrated? Are they a side that we may have thought, you know, that they're a little bit better than what they currently are? Um, to take Tony out of their side and expect them to keep doing what they did last season, we may have got carried away with that with the unbeaten start to the season. Five matches unbeaten to start of the season, but four of them were draws. So I'm not sure where we are here. And I think I'm just going to go back to the tried and tested format of getting with Forrest at home because I'm, I'm but I think we'll know a lot more about both of these sides after this match here. Uh, I'm going to go for Forrest on the draw, no bet market. I think this is a big price actually. It's around about even money where you get a push if Forrest uh, draw this match. It, it wouldn't surprise me to be a draw. You know, There's been four draws already for, in Brentford matches this season. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me, but I just think with that home advantage, only losing five of 21 matches, which was one of the, it was the the better, they had the best home record in the bottom half of the Premier League last season. And it, it was better than some, it was better than Brighton's in the Premier League. So they're a side that are unbeaten this start to the at home as well this season. They're a side, the city ground is rocking, especially uh, in one of these matches, a uh, televised match, it'll be rocking there. And and I think that Brentford, I think they're a side that you, you're going to know a lot more about them. They've got, they've got Brentford away, Chelsea away, Liverpool away coming up. Um, they could be a team at a big price who could be drawn into a relegation battle, I think, Brentford. Or they're a side that could win three at them and be saying we could be in, in the Europa League. They're that kind of team. I don't know yeah. where we are with Brentford. They've got they a good record. A, a couple of seasons ago, they were in their first season, they looked like they were... They want a nosedive and they got kind of saved. They brought in Christian Eriksen, who completely turned their season around because they looked like they were they were heading down. Um, they obviously haven't got that at the moment. Their, their, their saviour probably would be come January when Ivan Tony comes back, if 
he's not sold to someone else. And I think Embuemo played the full game last night as well, I think, which is quite a key one as far as their attack and output is concerned. So, yeah, you can't argue with that Forest uh, record at home, certainly. Yeah, and Bimmer and Whistler both played. I mean, I, it was astonishing that they didn't make more changes, but I think he was just looking for a, for a win. He didn't get it. Final game we're going to look at Monday. It's a London derby. It's Fulham versus Chelsea. Bit of a local dust-up here. Chelsea have been clipped into even money off the back of their win in midweek in the League Cup. Um, uh, Jack, you have uh, returned to the... Is it the dark side or, or the light side? I don't know. You've gone unders on this one. Talk us through your, the, the numbers here. Yeah, this was my strongest pick of the week, to be honest. I did find it tough putting uh, putting three selections together this week, but this was one that leapt straight off the page at me. It's Monday night football. It's a local derby. They tend to be a little bit tight and cagey. And I have gone for under two and a half goals here. Uh, I just don't really see where the goals are going to come from between these two sides. Obviously, Fulham as the home side um, have had a bit of a mixed start to the season. There was a lot of unrest that they've gone into the campaign with, wasn't there, with interest from Saudi Arabia in their better players and also in their manager. Um, Mitrovic has gone and that's left a massive hole up front for them. I'm not quite sure how they can replace him. They've struggled so far and uh, that's reflected in the fact they've only scored five times in, in six games. Uh, their last two league games have only produced one goal, uh, which shows you the fact that it's been very, very tight. Um, and obviously, the Chelsea problems have been very well documented. Uh, we've, we've heard a lot about them. Um, yes, they got that 1-0 win last night, as we've already mentioned. Rotated side, Carabao Cup, mm, not that important. Certainly weren't for Brighton. So, uh, they've not scored in any of their last three. You mentioned it, uh, I think it was seven halves of football that you said, but they've not scored in any of their last three games in the league. Only Luton and Burnley have scored less and they've played a game less in the Premier League as well. So one thing that is a slight positive would probably be the fact they have kept it quite tight at the back. So they've only conceded six goals. Only Manchester City and Liverpool have conceded less than them in the Premier League. So um, that's something sort of to build on, I suppose you, you would say. But these two sides look as if they're struggling in forward areas and, and um, not too bad at the back. Uh, Fulham's stats are skewed by the fact they shipped five against Manchester City. So you can kind of discount that one to a certain extent. But as far as Chelsea concerned, over the last, this calendar year, they've been absolutely atrocious. 29 league games in 2023. They've scored 24 goals and have picked up 29 points. No side has picked up fewer points than Chelsea in 2023, which is testament to the trouble that they're in at the moment. Again, we mentioned at the top of the show, Nicholas Jackson finally kind of gets gets a goal. Can he take that confidence? Well, he's going to have to wait because he's suspended for this one. What are they going to do as far as those forward areas are concerned? From what I can see, the players that they've got at the moment, it, there is a lack of confidence. There is a lack of cutting edge. If they can create the chances that they have been created, I can't see any reason why it's going to change that they're going to start taking them. We've talked about XG over the last couple of seasons. It's a good stat as far as seeing how sides are creating. It's a great stat if you've got goal scorers that can go and finish these chances off. Chelsea haven't. So as much as your XG is looking to be, a bit like with Brighton over the last couple of seasons, they still can't score. They still can finish them off. Um, the last time these two met, this game ended 0-0. And there's been two or less goals in three of the last four meetings. So I'm taking that trend to continue this is a massive game for Chelsea as well, because when you look at their fixture list coming up, 
they're going to need to get a, a decent performance here because it's pretty tough. But yes, they've got Burnley after this, which will be another must-win game for them. Then they've got Arsenal, Brentford, Tottenham, Chelsea, Man City, Newcastle, Brighton, Man United. They're the next ones after that. Don't look very pretty, does it? So they could be in serious trouble if their form continues. Uh, so they'll want to say keep this one tight and look to nick three points here. And he'd certainly sign for a 1-0. Minus 112, under two and a half goals in the West London derby between Fulham and uh, Chelsea is the play from Jack. Let's get your best bets. Then you've given us three selections apiece. Nigel, what's your best bet of your three picks? It's a tough one between the Everton minus one and the un under two and a half goals. But given the amount of effort I put into the under two and a half goals, it <laughs> took me ages to do that. So I'm going to have to go with that. Uh, West Ham, Chevrolet United, under two and a half goals at plus 125. Jack, what's your best play, your three? Very impressed. I've already mentioned it. This is my, my best play, Fulham versus Chelsea, under two and a half goals. Good stuff. Uh, Nigel, any flying lessons this weekend? No, mate, no. I'll pick you up, though, if you want. We go for a little... Not if you're behind the propeller. Have a few beers you're on the wing, by the way. Nigel, Jack, many thanks for your company. Hopefully the bets will be high flying over the course of the weekend. Oh, Good no. luck with your picks. That is a wrap for week seven of Betting Weekly Premier League show. Stay across all of our picks and all of our content via at Because We Win and indeed subscribe to our YouTube channel if you've just dropped on it and you haven't before. From all of us, it's goodbye.